Happy Halloween, listeners. Welcome back to our uh, countdown of favourite movies. Uh, you you were here, I'm hoping, the other night. If not, for 11 to 20. If not, go and check it out, please. Uh, it came out on the 27th. Uh, so, yeah, this is part two. We're going to go straight from number 10 and count down and see uh, what our favourite horror movies are. Is your movie on the list? Just keep listening. Enjoy. <laughs> So yeah, uh, we will probably go to, well, I know we will go to how we always do the regular top 10 now. So for our new guests, we basically go around in a circle and we ask everybody's number 10, then number nine, then number eight, then number seven, etc. Um, and a little explanation as to why, as we've kind of been doing, but perhaps more in depth if necessary. Um, before I do that though, DK, I, I'll probably cut this, but you have this image on that you wanted me to project on screen and you've never brought it up yet. <laughs> yeah, because we never really got around to it. We're just saying that you can pretty much take anything as a horror looking at it through the light, right lens. I don't know if uh, either Fred or Tori's seen this. Uh, it's a it's a, a clipping from a TV guide for The Wizard of Oz. If you want to put that up, Mike. Yep, absolutely. There we go. Yeah, and for the benefit of those listening on Jeez. audio, the Wizard of Oz, transported to a surreal landscape, a young girl kills the first person she meets and then teams up with three strangers to kill again. Is that <laughs> is real? That real? <laughs> it is that, real. <laughs> it is real, yes. They really worded it like that. Wow. Oh, they really made it sound like a horror film. Yeah. It's one of the most famous, whenever somebody puts that challenge on social media of like, describe a film badly and make it sound, that's always what they use as the template. It's like, this is The Wizard of Oz. There's no lies. So you can't like lie or make a film, but you can twist the actual facts and make it seem like that. And yeah, Wizard of Oz is a horror movie. It just works somehow. <laughs> nice. Thanks for that, DK. Yeah, that was really cool. That's actually pretty interesting. We'll return to Oz as basically a horror movie if oh, you've seen yeah. that. Oh, oh yeah. God, we only watched that TikTok a couple of weeks thing, yeah. ago, and it's still terrifying, some of those scenes. When she starts screaming her, her name in that hall of heads. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, well, we may as well keep the same order, because why not? It's just totally <laughs> at random. So, um, Tori, we'll come to you first and ask, what is your number 10 movie? My number 10 is Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Yep. <laughs> This is actually uh, the very first horror film I've ever seen. Oh, wow, really? Wow. Yeah, I was like two. It was during like a thunderstorm and the cable went out and my brother had the VHS and like we were able to watch like VHS tapes and like I wasn't really supposed to be watching it. <laughs> but like I was just sitting there kind of like playing with my toys and engaged in it at the same <laughs> time. I was like three. <laughs> The sense of playing with my toys when you're also describing watching a horror movie is, is very jarring. I was just you know, like... playing with my toys, looking at the brain eating zombies as you did. It was so. just like mesmerizing, but then it like scared me. I had nightmares for like weeks after I watched that. And I actually had like a zombie phobia for a while mm. after They're that. They're coming to get you, Tori. <laughs> you do that too well. <laughs> I love that Shaun of the Dead does the uh, the twist on that with the uh, when they're calling Shaun's mum and he's trying to explain oh, the plan and yeah. stuff, and then Ed just jumps, picks up the phone and picks, we're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> it's like, oh, I get what you did. <laughs> Genius. They had yeah. to have named her Barbara just because of that. Oh, entirely to make that joke. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love and the, the social, again, social satire of the end of Night of the Living Dead, which has never been more relevant, sadly, of the black guy being the last survivor. Then he just goes out and gets shot and killed by the police anyway. It's very like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, too tight. Yeah, that's such a messed up ending, dude. Oh, that made Jeez. me so mad when I saw that. I was like, really? Yeah, yeah. Like you're rooting <laughs> for Ben the whole time. Like, yeah, good character, but yeah. I really enjoyed the the Tom Savini. I don't know what that noise was, but yeah, that's <laughs> a, that was my uh, my soundboard said zombie, but it didn't oh, sound thought, like a zombie. I thought it was your stomach, man. It sounded like indigestion, I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I like the Tom Savini version that he did in the 90s. Oh, oh yeah. Most of the remakes are For sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, I can't, can't fault it. Um, even the fact that it's black and white, I think, just adds to the atmosphere of it. I know some people are just like, oh, I won't watch black and white movies, but I'm not one of those people. So, awesome. uh, anything else about uh, Night of the Living Dead, Ben Ford? I'll just say one of my favorite scenes is in it is when the little girl turns into a zombie and she's stabbing her mother with the shovel and like it's like you have these very distorted screams and just like the imagery becomes distorted. It's like really creepy and with the black and white it just adds to the atmosphere like you said before. It's just I love this movie. It's definitely one of my favorites. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> I won't. I won't do that again. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> uh, that was awesome. I liked it. You mentioned little girl screams, and I was like, I can't. I have to press it. <laughs> too perfect. Too perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Um, right then, Freddie. What is your number ten movie then? All right. All right. So my number ten is actually gonna. I mean, this might be one of those things where if it falls into horror or not, but it's gonna be 1999's The Mummy, and I just I I consider it. Like a gateway into horror, which for me it's it was a horror movie, the universal horror movie. So that's why I, it appears on a lot of people's lists because, yeah, I mean, nobody argues that the Boris Karloff movie is horror. So why would the you know, well, so for me as a kid, like you know, for me, this I, my dad took me to see the first two in theaters. So they were just it's just one of those movies that will always resonate with me, you know, for just sentimental personal reasons. A movie I watch yearly, like once or twice a year with my girlfriend, she loves it. I really enjoyed the director too, Stephen Summers. He made Deep Rising. And a few other movies, which is really good. So, yeah, The Mummy, it's a great movie, isn't it? I mean, uh, as I said, I would personally say more of a sort of Indiana Jones adventure type rom, but there's definitely, I mean, it's a Yeah, that's why, that's why I say people could probably make that argument, too, if it's whether it's yeah. horror or not. But for me, I consider it like a sort of gateway horror when I saw it at that certain age. For sure. Well, it is a, it is a horror movie monster that's the central character, and there's scary things in it. Again, if you're scared of bugs, there's a couple of... Freaking moments yeah, in that people movie. Get, people getting eaten up by the scarabs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, man. And um, I think it's either the first or the second one, because they bleed together a bit, but I think it's the first one where the guy gets his eyes taken out by the regenerating mummy off-screen, <laughs> thankfully. That's the first like, one. Oh, That's the first to, one. I want to take your eyes. And yeah, just the ugh. effects of the mummy as it slowly kind of gets the flesh and stuff back around it is such a cool... For not being yeah. in, you know, a, a very high-rated movie, it's it's very effective and well done. So yeah, yeah, I love the I like story the and everything about that. Just I don't know. I saw it when it came out, and I was like, I don't know how old, like twelve or something. I just thought it was like there was moments where it like freaked me out, but for me, it just always like will be like an action horror adventure. Yeah, I really sure. need to see that one. I haven't seen it. Oh Have really? Don't? Oh, it's got Brendan oh. Fraser. I love Brendan Fraser. If you watch The Mummy Returns, you'll have to see the literally the worst use of CGI in cinema history. <laughs> no, 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 mate, mate, you, you forget your Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I mean, no, no, The Mummy it's, Returns it's, is far worse. <laughs> yeah, that, that rock as the Scorpion King is really bad, 
it's atrocious. It is. Yeah. And I like the second one a lot, but I, I like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, when that part happens, you're just like, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, DK, we'll come to you next. What's your number 10 movie? Okay. I think it's a bit of an underrated gem, this one, but I'm going to go with 1982's Poltergeist. Okay. <laughs> a little underrated. And Toby Hooper, who, uh, well, Credited to Toby Hooper, most people say it's Steven Spielberg did the bulk of the job. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I mean, we were, I mean, Tori will probably, you know, remember this, but they spoke to quite a few people on In Search of Darkness, and they kind of downplayed that room, saying that's absolute garbage. Okay. It was a Toby yeah, Hooper from beginning to end. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. this was... Yeah, this was the first after finally. I mean, after finally getting into the genre after uh, unwanted exposure at an early age, which I'll come to later. This was my uh, go go to movie. I mean, it lures you in with its kind of Spielbergian ET sensibilities, and it makes you kind of feel at home. And then it just completely pulls the ground from under you. I mean, you know, it gives you some of the, some truly good imagery. That uh, midnight snack scene. I think it's uh, yeah. I think it's a really well done film and I think it still holds up today. It's great. Mm. It's one of those that I remember watching at a young age and it just didn't, like some horror movies did, which again I'll get into later, but it just, I watched it and I was like, yeah, it's creepy, it's very scary. And then it just never, I forgot it like the next day after watching it pretty much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then, I mean, little things like remembering the uh, the creepy guy in the sort of black Mac and the hat or whatever. Um, and just the ideas, they sort of, you know, say sucked into the TV set and, yeah, yeah. I, I remember vague bits of it and being a little bit like, this is a bit too creepy and I'm too young to watch it. But like I said, it didn't really connect with me for whatever reason. I do um, remember the fact that, uh, I mean, it, I mean, I don't know if it's disputed, if any of you guys know, that uh, it was actually cheaper at the end in that uh, pool scene to use actual bodies. Than, yes, uh, I did hear that, yeah. They used actual skeletons, yeah. yeah so weird. I don't, I don't know if that is true, but yeah, the story goes that it was cheaper to use skeletons that they got from like a medical research lab or something that were actual people uh, I mean, at one point. Isn't that one of the movies that's supposed to be cursed or something like that? Like, well, well production? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is with uh, the Heather O'Rourke and... Yeah, I did hear that. That sort of tragic story and everything for sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that's interesting. Somebody should make a documentary if they haven't already, which they probably have. And now I'm going to look silly. <laughs> about the curse of it, because that's always fascinating. So. Well, I think they yeah, have it on Shutter. Like... They have something on Shutter called like Curse Films, and I think they talked about that one. Okay, cool. I'll have to I remember that watching that. Awesome. I think that's the first thing I watched when I got Shutter, actually. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, so yeah, anything else on um, Poltergeist DK? No, that's that's everything. I think I think the uh, the score by Goldsmith helps it a lot as well. Oh, any score by Jerry Goldsmith is brilliant. So, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, right, my number 10, and I'm probably going to get some flack for this, so I'm waiting for the slings and arrows. Uh, my number 10 movie is Grindhouse. Uh, and I should clarify, I'm not talking Planet Terror separately, and I'm not talking Death Proof separately. I'm talking the full-on experience of both movies back-to-back -back with the fake trailers in between and the machete trailer beforehand. So <laughs> wow. I just love it. I didn't get to... I wasn't young. I was too young to go see that in Yeah, theaters. same here. Oh, we didn't get it in theaters, but when it came out on Blu-ray, they finally actually had it all. Because in theaters, you couldn't see them as a double bill. You had to watch... Death Proof came out first, weirdly, so we saw that, and then yeah. uh, early the next year, we saw Planet Terror, but when the Blu-ray came out and I was like, finally, because we didn't even get to see the fake trailers unless you went on like YouTube and watched poor copies and stuff. So oh, okay. when I first got the Blu-ray and watched it all the way through like that, it was just like, this is fully the experience that it should have been. And I will never forgive 
whichever distributor decided that no, we can't do that. We'll have to make two separate movies because it loses a little bit of something. I think when you do that, um, yeah. I know Death Proof is nobody's favorite Tarantino movie, but I actually think it's underrated. I um, love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's a really good. It's a solid movie for sure. Yeah, and Planet Terror is just fantastic as a kind of throwback to those grotesque, glory kind of, uh, you know, zombie movies of your. It's it's so good, and again, Robert Rodriguez is is brilliant anyway. But yeah, the fact that the fake trailers were made by some really huge names, including Edgar Wright, um, and just how silly and funny they are. Have um, have we all seen all of the fake trailers from Grindhouse? I think Rob Zombie made yeah. one. Werewolf yes. Women of the SS. Of the SS, absolutely. That's all with uh, Nicolas Cage turns up at the end as Fu Manchu, isn't it? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean, though. They're just so cool and tongue-in-cheek. It's it's brilliant. So. And, and I want a Thanksgiving for... movie. The trailer for Thanksgiving, I was going to say, traumatized the crap out of me because the, <laughs> the last shot of that is just so effective and like, ah! <laughs> yeah. So good. Um so have we all seen Grindhouse then? I'm curious. I've seen yes. Death Proof, but I've not seen Planet Terror. Oh, you should definitely watch it. It's one of those, yeah, yeah based on like 80s kind of grotesque zombie movie type stuff. Yeah, it's way over the top. I just like, it's... all I know is like some imagery and like some girl with a leg gun or something. That's Rose, yeah, Rose McGowan. Yeah, Rose McGowan Rose, yeah. was like spinning around, shooting a gun. I was just like, what is this? Oh, yeah, it's it's very much, it, it, it earns the Grindhouse title because it's not to be taken seriously. It's shocky, right. but it knows that it is, and it kind of, yeah, tongue firmly in cheek. You know, obviously, somebody that lost a leg wouldn't be like, give me the machine gun, and it'll all be good. I'll you know, start fighting the zombies, but it's just, it knows it's ridiculous and runs with it. And again, it's just, some, some of it, I think, goes a little bit too far for me on a couple of occasions, but then you forgive it all because Bruce Willis appears at the very end, which was a nice surprise. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, Planet Terror and Death Proof. And uh, it's one of those weird situations because I don't know if you remember this when it came out as Grindhouse to make it sort of a manageable length. They did the thing that they say used to happen a lot where it said like scene missing and it would cut away and then cut back uh, as if it was partway through the action um, in both films. But you can actually get uncut versions where that doesn't happen of them both as well. And I would say if you are happening to, you know, look around and find them, worth a look as well, actually. So, yeah. All oh, um, right on. Nice. So, yeah. Because there's a, in Death Proof, I think it's Vanessa Felito just basically does a full lap dance. But for the joke purpose in Grindhouse, it's like she starts to lap dance, then it cuts away and says scene missing, with the idea being that some projectionist, some horny projectionist was like, oh, I'm taking that home. <laughs> but, yeah, that is that is fully available on the sort of single release and, I don't think that happens on Planet Terror. I think it always has the scene missing thing because it does the joke of like, it starts off with them being attacked by one or two zombies, goes to scene missing, comes back, and they're absolutely swamped by an horde of them. And you just don't know what happened when with the little missing scene, but you could imagine like the whole the shit just hit the fan, you know. So anyway, I've talked enough about that movie. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Awesome. All good. Uh so Tori, what was your number nine movie then? Reanimator 1985. Ah, oh, TK is going to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Stuart Jordan for the win. So gory, and it's funny too. You know, I love comedy and horror mixed together, but like it also can get serious at times and it can be like heartbreaking. The end was very heartbreaking. Actually, mm. the end of all the reanimators are kind of heartbreaking, but. It's a really good, like, mad scientist, like, zombie film, and they're, like, different kind of zombies. So it's it's 
definitely worth the watch if you've never seen it. Excuse me. I was just going to say that what's crazy is um, I did a podcast episode on like the whole reanimator trilogy and like I posted it and Jeffrey Combs actually followed me on Twitter like a few days later. Oh, oh wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, the man is such a legend. Yeah, That's I awesome. just about died. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, sweet. So, uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to try to sell us on reanimator? <laughs> Um, no, just go into it. It's really good. Um, if you, you said you've never seen it before, or you have seen oh, I've it? seen the first, I've never seen the sequels. Okay. Um, the sequels are really good. The third one's kind of like a made for, it, it was a made for TV movie. It actually came out on the sci-fi channel back when they had like original horror movies and like, it was kind of like cheesy, but Bride of Reanimator is like everything I really wanted Bride of, uh, Frankenstein to be. Oh, Bride of Frankenstein, I love, so I, I will cut you off right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Bride of Frankenstein, but this is just like... Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. I can imagine... I, I remember seeing of it and thinking it would probably be interesting, and it's just one of those that never I never got around to, but I definitely should. It, it looks like it would be good. And uh, I, I do like some schlocky movies. Like, I almost had Frankenhooker on my list. Wow. <laughs> just, yeah, which I know is terrible, but it's just like yeah, no, you know, these things it's, it's you get good terrible. Thing. That's the thing, though. It is, yeah, exactly. That's but, good yeah. terrible. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to give Reanimator another go and then watch the sequels. I think for sure. Awesome. Uh, so, Fred, what is your number? What are we up to? Nine movie. <laughs> yeah, number nine is actually going to be Suspiria, nineteen seventy-seven. Oh, that one was absolutely list. gorgeous movie. I remember. Like when I first started getting into horror movies, I saw this within like the last five, ten years. And it was one that I always hear talked about. And I remember just didn't really understand it, but it just looked so fucking beautiful the first time I watched it. I was like, what? What the hell did I just watch? But man, it was such a great tell. Such a good, like, I guess it would be like Giallo. Or, I'm not even sure Giallo, it would be yeah. a, yeah, Giallo yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, but just, I don't know too much about that genre too. I haven't watched too many, but. This one movie I remember watching, it just absolutely just stood out to me and will always be the music on top of everything is just what I think I love the most. Is yeah. that soundtrack by Goblin. That's my oh. favorite horror score, I think, of all time. Yeah, dude. That theme song. You have just you have the opener with uh I forgot the name of the girl, but she's she's coming in from America to this country and you just have that song playing, and all the wind starts blowing, it starts raining, and you start, mm. she's she's being taken to uh, the academy, and just the visuals, and it just feels so off already. And on top of that, it opens it with the murder, I think, before that. Yeah, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah, so it, just, uh, just, oh man, it's such a great weird, just just weird, visually stunning movie, and just, I don't know, yeah, absolutely will always yeah. like stick with me. Probably the best way to put it, weird but visually stunning, because again, it does so much with atmosphere and use of color, mm -hmm. um, and and twist and lights, yeah. nightmare scenes involving everything from barbed wire to witchy spells and stuff that were just like. Oh, there's even like there's like the part where like all the maggots or something are like are, they're actual mm. maggots and uh just all covered like covering the walls and everything just so gross but i was eating rice when i first saw that <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible rookie mistake <laughs> i was not hungry after that i'll say that no no oh that's yeah i i do have a dario argento film on my list but it isn't suspiria because it's my like third favorite of his movies unfortunately yeah. for me but um yeah definitely very good i would definitely recommend everyone and again still haven't watched the remake but was interested to do so but i liked i actually liked it it's a little different but i enjoyed it for what it was 
Cool. I it tried not. It Amazon tried not to rep. It, it didn't try to replicate the original, and it kind of did its own thing. But it still mm. had like some like like a dance aspect to it and everything. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Awesome. Uh, so, DK, we're up to you. What is your number nine? Okay. Now, this one seems to be a movie that people either love or hate, depending on your feelings towards the ending. Go. But my number nine is The Mist. Oh wow. I know I, I, I do like that. Ending. Oh yeah, that's I love the awesome. ending for but just wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. That's yeah, I would go to bat for that ending. That's a perfect horror movie ending if it's, you ask me. It mm-hmm. is pretty brutal. I mean, Stephen King, uh, author of the story, he went on record saying that he loves what Darabont did and he agrees with him hundred percent on it. Yeah. Cause he only yeah. implied it in the book, right? He well, in the book, it left with them uh, leaving this this safe haven that they thought this house, and saying, "Well, I'm sure we'll find, you know, an end to this if we keep going." And they just pretty much left the house and just ventured on into the mist, and that's just how it ended. Oh, okay. Dang, that's crazy then, because that yeah, that's a whole different turn. What happens almost? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a great premise. It's claustrophobic atmospheric i mean it's got a beautiful score by mark isham great cast some fantastic creature design and it doesn't just tell a story it holds up a mirror to humanity unfortunately in this mm. humanity doesn't come off that well yeah but that relates to what i was saying about night of the living dead i think those endings are very kind of similar in a way in that there's no nice happy resolution and it is kind of like this it's holding up that lens to human nature of like this is where we're Fucking up, basically, guys. Too yeah. better. You know? So, yeah, for sure. And, you know, Frank Darabont then directed The Shawshank Redemption, one of the greatest films ever made. So, I've never <laughs> seen The Shawshank Redemption. It's so good. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good movie. Great film. Very, yeah, very emotional movie. But, uh, yeah, awesome. So, yeah, anything else on... Um, what we said, the mist. <laughs> I just, I just love it. I'm not sure if uh, any of you guys have seen it, but the Blu-ray came oh, with yeah. a black and white version. Oh, and, I haven't seen that uh, one. oh that's interesting. Bl- yeah, the black and white version really holds up. It's a, like you know a stark representation. Darabont wanted to release that one in cinemas, but the oh. studio wouldn't let him. So he, he made sure they got it on the uh, on the disc. Wow, oh, cool! Didn't you say it probably makes the experience better? Would you say? I think so, personally. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think it does with those things, but yeah, interesting. Now. Cool. I'll have to give that a watch on in black and white and see if it's still as. I mean, it probably will be still as atmospheric and impressive, but. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so that is, we're up to my number nine. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My number nine is another foreign movie. It is Let the Right One In from Sweden uh, from oh, a few one. years back now. Um, just because I love how completely it, it takes the vampire mythos type thing and then just does crazy things with it, which I don't think I've ever really seen before, even though they are kind of obvious. It's not like it goes that far out of its way in terms of um you know what's been established with vampire law but it just yeah it the fact that it plays it as this i guess tragic obsession love story but amongst children and the way that it's beautifully creepy and it uses its location to great stark effect anytime there's blood in white snow it's it's very effective and yeah um that that pool scene is just absolutely beautiful at the end Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. The, and the yeah. kid is like submersed in the water. I don't want to get too much away, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like all you see is like you just kind of hear what's going on and just little. You can kind of put together what's happening on out above the water. Yeah, and it's, he, he just yeah, it's it's a great movie. For sure, I, I didn't. I don't know if I watched the remake, but I don't I care. The, the remake is 
The remake is one of those remakes where it's kind of like serviceable, but it doesn't really change anything. And it's just kind of like my overall effect after watching it was just like, well, why not just not everybody's allergic to subtitles. Why not just, you know, keep the original movie, make people watch that, release that internationally or whatever. But yeah, it loses a little bit of the effect, I think, the remake. But I was surprised how much they did keep it. But yeah, without wanting to spoil too much, there's some great scenes involving cats, for example, and Mm -hmm. truly heartbreaking, just a scene between a young actor and actress um between like a in in like bedrooms and bathrooms and stuff uh again can't really get into too much but do watch it it's absolute masterclass in drama and creepy again it definitely is horror but yeah it's very much a psychological exploration as well so yeah um i'm guessing you've definitely seen it then fred (laughs) yeah i just haven't seen the remake and i'm kind of curious if that one is like holds up to it but you said it was like yeah. serviceable, so but yeah, that first one I recall, just absolutely stunning and just oh. so good, very well directed. And you've only seen the remake, Tori. <laughs> yeah, I've only seen the remake, and I think it was when I was fourteen, so I don't remember it that much. Hmm. That's yeah, I think that's that's one of the things it doesn't quite stick because like there's things that haunt you. I think in the original that stick in your memory, but I was the same as the remake. I was like, well, all right seen it before and it was done a little better but never mind um dk have you seen either yeah i'm i've seen both and i'm pretty much in concurrence with uh, what you said the original's a classic the 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 remake it's it's there yeah (laughs) it's there but i'm like that with a lot of remakes like i'm the remake of the grudge i'm like yeah it's perfectly fine but it doesn't do anything the original film doesn't do and um what do you call it quarantine it's just yeah it's fine but it's the same movie so yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, we're back to you then, Tori. What is your number eight film? From Dusk Till Dawn, 1996. That was oh, so okay. good to be on my list. Wow, just... right on. <laughs> it is just so good. I just, I love how it starts off as like a crime heist or whatever type movie. And then like when I first saw it, I didn't know it was going to be a horror movie. I just thought it was going to be Same like thing. action or crime and then like the vampires start coming out I'm like yeah. what Ooh, i have to ask this so apologies but have you seen the series the tv series i think i tried to watch it and i like when i was maybe in my uh i think i was like 17 when i tried to watch it and like i don't think i could get into it i'd love to try to go back into it and watch it and see if i like it now though i loved it i think it's really good it explores way more of the kind of mythos of the creatures who are not technically oh, really? vampires and everything um and yeah yeah my girlfriend awesome. my girlfriend loved the series actually <laughs> and like she, she got me to watch some of it and i was watching it but yeah it's they're like yeah they're like more like snakes or something like that really or like yeah. serpents yeah yeah versus like what they're portrayed to be like vampires in the movie that was uh, my introduction to Isa Gonzalez as well, who plays Santanico in the series, throughout the series. Um, oh, incredible. <laughs> For various reasons, but yeah. Yeah, I just still the one. another um, watch, actually. Yeah, I think, as I remember, it was kind of slow to start because it just tries to kind of retread the movie in a weird way. But then when it actually goes in depth and does its own thing, about halfway through season one, um, it, it's very special, I think, so. Um, and again, oh, anytime nice. Tarantino and Rodriguez work together, <laughs> you know from me placing Grindhouse on my list that I was it's always, always going to be on board with the dust you know, <laughs> So awesome, yeah, sweet, cool. Uh, yeah, what else is there to say? <laughs> I was the same as you. I was just so surprised by the sheer 
the absolute twist of genre that just happens halfway through and the whiplash that I felt of like, what's just happened? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if I'm showing it to somebody for the first time, I won't even tell them it's a horror film. Oh, I'll no, just... definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I like that movie. Like, just, just was outside my list, but I do like it for sure. Uh, so, yeah, you have my thumbs up on that one. Fred, <laughs> uh, what is your number eight movie then? <laughs> All right. My number eight is actually going to be James Wan's Insidious came out 2010 yeah this is one of the first uh horror movies that i went to go see in the theater with my girlfriend when we first got together she's pretty much the reason why i got really into horror too because she was like more into it than i was and we would go see movies so this is one of the first ones we saw together and i just remember like one of the things that stuck with me is i don't know if anybody's seen it was the very opening of the movie you have like this like this shot through the house and you see like this figure of this lady her shadow and it's going through the hallway and out of nowhere, the title card like comes in right after you see her face, and it just hits you with this loud, bearing like violins, like playing, and just uses old-fashioned like words, like just says insidious. And I just remember having like this feeling, like, "Oh man, this is going to be good." And for me, I felt like it was a really great movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if people are familiar. I don't know if people are familiar with it, but it's all about a family. Um, they move into a house, and their kid ends up in a coma. I don't want to give too much away about it. It gets a little paranormal after that, but. Yeah, their kid falls into a uh, coma and they're trying to like first you know go the scientific route to see what's wrong but of course nothing they can't figure out what's wrong he's perfectly fine to them and then they have to like you know find other ways and they go to like a medium and late uh, what's her name shin uh what's her name lynn shay yeah lynn shay is in the movie she's just so great i absolutely love her and her two little lackeys or whatever she has in the movie mm-hmm. i think they're they're not they don't overdo it too much i could see some people making that argument it gets really silly when they get introduced but i i don't know i find the movie very effective it's awesome. a great movie cool i i'm the odd one out i haven't seen it <laughs> oh, right on, it's, it's been a while is, is that the one with patrick wilson and the mm-hmm. tiny tim song yeah 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 that's such a good scene too oh god that, that there's not much horror wise that scares me but that one freaked mm-hmm. me the out she's like walking to the take out the trash and then you just the music changes and you just you see that figure i don't want to give too much away but yeah that song comes on so good it's it's good yeah i remember watching it just being like scared the hell because i didn't like i said i didn't watch a lot of horror like too much but this one just really stuck out and it's one of the first ones that i watched with my girlfriend nice that's awesome cool i've heard good things it's just one i think it's the only james one film that i haven't watched yet but i will definitely get to it awesome Cool. Uh, what was that number? So, TK, what is your number eight? Uh, number eight, going back to one that Fred's already brought up, and it's Silent Hill. Okay, nice. awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what do you not like only, about Silent Hill? Well, not only is it, to my mind, the best video game adaptation out there, but I think it's a damn good horror movie in its, in its own right. It doesn't slavishly follow the plot of the game. Uh, I've not played the games in a while, when I actually saw this, I, I was away from the universe for several years and it just instantly brought me back. So much so that I went to see it another five times in the cinema. It oh, would have wow. been more, but, it, but the run ended before. I, but I really <laughs> did fall in love with it. I mean, to me, it's it's a mood. It swims in atmosphere. I mean, I've told you this before, Mike, but I look at that place, the foggy part, and I, I know it sounds weird, but I feel at home. No, <laughs> I get I get that, dude. 
I get that. So yeah. I don't know. That it's whole just... little foggy town is so just like com- looks so comforting and cozy. It does. It does, doesn't it? It's it's oh it's man, it's beautiful. I just want to snuggle up by a fire, have, <laughs> have sex with a bizarre zombie nurse, and then get attacked by a guy with a pyramid for a head. Sure. <laughs> your typical Saturday night in Yorkshire, mate. <laughs> I'm I'm very close to Newcastle. That's our typical Friday and Saturday night as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, as I see, I, I probably should give it another watch. But so yeah, you're definitely were a fan of uh, of that, and you you're somebody who was a fan of the games. Is, am I right as well? Yeah, I, I I played the original game and I got through it to the end, got the bad ending, then immediately went back and played played it through from the start. And this was like two a.m. in the morning because I wanted that <laughs> good ending. Damn it! And then I I was away from for a while. But seeing this movie, it just brought it all back. And since then, I've just become obsessed with Silent Hill. Played all the games through, and yeah, I love it. Got the movie poster in here. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Nice. That's fair enough. Um, so I'll move to my number eight then, and it is, again, carrying on from what Fred was saying, it is another uh, Italian giallo movie. It's a Dario Argento movie. It has a soundtrack by Goblin, uh, and it is a movie called Deep Red, or to give it its original Italian title, Profondo Rosso. Um, which I just love. It's my favorite Argento film. I do also like Tenebrae. That's my second, and then Suspiria third. But yeah, Deep Red for me is the one because without wanting to sound reductive, I think it's the most like a kind of traditional slasher movie, and I like those, but it also it feels like an elevated version in some ways. Like it's a bit more arty, and there's some really imaginative kills, and uh, you know, but but in the sort of final destination way, rather than the saw way, <laughs> you know what I mean. So does does good things with the special effects, and again, just a nice atmosphere and actual story behind it, which a lot of slasher movies uh, kind of don't have. Um, and it's you know, if nothing else, it's just gorgeous watching the locations <laughs> that they go to in Italy and thinking, wow, I want to visit those. So yeah, definitely deep red for me. Brilliant. I love movie. deep red. I saw that for the first time on the last drive-in. I know Fred, wa- you watched the. Yeah, last I watched that on the last drive-in too. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Uh, DK, have you seen any of these uh, Italian Jalo movies? I've I've seen uh, Suspiria, but I've not seen Deep Red now. Ah, uh, no, Tenebrae. No. <laughs> uh, I believe I saw Tenebrae years ago, but I've forgotten it. So it's another one <laughs> that I need Fair to enough. rewatch. Yeah, I definitely recommend just Dario Argento in general as a director. He's fantastic with the uh, yeah Italian giallo and horror. But yeah, that's uh, so that's mine. Deep Red. Uh, this list is going to be very hard to make because we're all <laughs> picking very different movies, unless the top fives all end up really well syncing. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so Tori, what is your number seven movie? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, nineteen seventy four. Um, it's just a, it's very captivating, a very dirty, gritty horror movie, but it's also really fun. And I saw it for the first time when I was eight and it disturbed the crap out of me. But like I watched it over and over again. Like I wore out a lot of movies when I was younger and this was one of them for sure. Um, I, I love Ed Neal as the hitchhiker. He does a fantastic mm. job. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Person. He like, it's just insane. Like, you know, the great job he does at that role, just playing a crazy person like that, like cutting into your own hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked what they did with that character in the remake without, you know, spoiling it. But um, yeah, but that creepy performance makes it in the original completely. Um, were you not freaked out as a youngster watching it, particularly by the end scene with the whole sort of family around the dinner table kind of thing? The grandfather is what scared me. Like mm-hmm. the grandpa, like he's 
dead like i didn't when i was a kid when i first saw this i didn't know if he was alive or dead but like he just like i don't know there was just something about him i found him like creepier than leatherface himself oh completely yeah he looks way more monstrous weirdly enough even though the whole point is that leatherface is meant to be deformed and that's why he wears the skin masks and stuff it's like yeah dude you're still nothing compared to your weird zombie crowd over there. <laughs> you know but my, my sort of scene that lives rent free in my head is when they're trying to convince the grandpa to or like provoke him to kill the sort of final girl um and he's just so weak and he's trying to like whack her over the head with the sledgehammer yeah it's just not happening he's not connecting <laughs> like trying to put it in his hand and trying to like do it for him um, yeah so and I remember when I first saw that, I was like, that is just, yeah, disturbing. But yeah, very good for a horror movie, though. Apologies, DK, I've just ruined that one. <laughs> it's all right. It's me, mate. I'll have forgotten by morning. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, I've got the memory of a goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. But yeah, so yeah, Tori, sorry, I talked over you there. But what else do you like about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Um, I just like the overall atmosphere of it. It really, like I said, was a like dirty, like, just you know straight up horror film and i just i love it i don't know much more to say about it it's just fantastic and i it's actually one i could rewatch over and over again not like yeah you know, a, a bunch but like it's so good i will say as well that the first time i watched it i didn't even notice this but the set design is outstanding because when they go into the the leatherface's family's house like random things like the lamps and stuff are made out of human skin and I didn't pick up on that at all until the second watch and was like, ew, that's so, <laughs> oh. But, you know, cost effective, I guess. We are in a cost of living crisis. If you, if you have human skin, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, uh, Fred, we'll come to you then. What is your number seven movie? All right, my number seven is going to be Adam Green's Hatchet, which came out in 2006. I'm not sure if anybody's familiar oh, with that. Oh, I love this film. Yeah. I was this just is... reading about the Hatchet movies, actually, the other day. I love the whole series. Yeah, me too. Adam Green is probably one of my favorite, like, if not my favorite directors. I really enjoy, like, all of his film, all of his work. He just puts so much passion, and he's got a podcast. He just, I like, like to try to just follow everything he does. But Hatchet was just, oh, man, it's such a campy film about, like, a group of people. They get stuck out in a swamp. And, of course, there's, like, some crazy hatchet-wielding dude out there. There's a little bit more to it than that, especially when the sequels uh, dive into, like, the lore of Victor Crowley. But mm -hmm. it's just a really campy, fun movie, I think. And one my girlfriend and I just quote and rewatch all the time. I think I it's the little cameos. Huh? Ooh. I love the little cameos. By yeah, the, it opens up with a Robert England cameo. There's like a scene with Robert England and uh, Tony, Tony Todd's in the movie. Um, awesome. Kane Hodder plays Victor Crowley. Like, oh yeah, dude, just Adam Green just always works with like a, such a great cast. And there's like, especially in the sequels, there's a lot more cameos. Tom Holland, you know, the guy that made Child's Plays in the movie. Mick Garrett, or not Mick Garrett, sorry, I got confused, but uh, a few other people. But that first Daniel one. Harris. Yeah, Daniel Harris, yeah. which was intended to be in all three of them, but there was, I forgot, an issue that happened, so they had to cast somebody differently in the first one. Mm, I see, because, yeah, I remember I remember reading she wasn't cast, and then they recast it with her, and then she's in all the sequels. Yeah, she was. In it was intended for her to be in it, and something happened last minute, so they ended up having to go with a different choice, but that's why they got her for the parts two and three, and yeah. a little bit of part four at the end. Okay. Yeah, it's weird because I, I didn't know these movies existed. And then I think 
out of nowhere, randomly, a tweet by Adam Green showed up on my Twitter. And I was like, oh, he's a horror director. I've never heard of it. And I went down like a Wikipedia rabbit hole looking up, without wanting to spoil myself too much, like the synopsis and the little bits about the making of the films. And yes, now I'm interested. I really want to watch all four of these movies. Now. Yeah, they're just, oh, man, they're just so much fun and just a little gory. And part one has one of the best kills like I've ever seen in a horror movie. I don't want to give it away, but you'll know it when you see it. I think I know which one you're talking about, but yeah. I'm not going to mention yeah. it. Yeah, you'll, you'll know it when you see it if you ever see it. That's really cool. I look forward to doing that actually sometime. Sweet. Uh, DK, where is your number? Where are we? Seven. <laughs> Seven. Uh, yes, we covered it last episode, so there's not a great deal more I can say, but it's John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice. We have nice. a long, long episode about yeah. it, but you yeah. know, if, if you want to quickly give us a quick reiteration. Well, I'm just going to say it's tense, it's tightly plotted, it's beautiful and terrible at the same time, and it shows just what Carpenter can accomplish when budget isn't an issue. I think it's a masterclass in sci-fi horror. It's an amazing film. But as I said earlier, this is kind of the watermark, as far as I'm concerned, for all Carpenter's films. I'm also going to put alongside it, you know, Prince of Darkness, In the Mouth of Madness. I just, that entire trilogy... You literally haven't named just... his best movie yet. I'm... I'm, I'm Leaving that for you. He's, I know he's talking coming, about man. it right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. Yeah, but, well, uh, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what's coming on your list, mate. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, I just, I just love his movies, and I could only pick one, and it, it had to be this one. As much as I love, you know, his others, this one just, just beats him, beats him to the punch. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I even like, as I've mentioned to you before, I even like Christine. Which never gets enough love again. It's not on my list, but I was very close. I just watched that this year, and and I was yeah, that's really good. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Stephen King and John Carpenter is a, a match made in heaven, if you ask me. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, that's not related to the thing, but yeah, the thing. I again, I was pleasantly surprised on a on the most recent watch that I even liked it more than I have before, and it's a very good movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have to, I've got to give, I've got to, you know, just as an aside, say In the Mouth of Madness, I love because it's the closest thing I've got on this list to uh, Lovecraftian stuff. So, you don't have any Stuart Gordon films on your list? <laughs> I'm afraid I don't. That is surprising to me. I know, I know. Even Tori put Reanimator on it. <laughs> I know, mate, I don't even have Return of the Killer Tomatoes on this list. This is how hard <laughs> this has been. I'm kicking you out with a chat now. That's, that's <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's cool. No, I think the thing is beloved for a reason. I definitely can't fault it. And I did recently buy the prequel because it was like £1.50 on eBay on Blu-ray. And I'm interested to watch it after seeing a few clips on YouTube, even though I know it's not going to be very good. So we'll see what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I'll report back later, DK, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so are we up to mine now? Yeah, so my number... Yes. Speaking of Stephen King adaptations, my number seven is 1976's Carrie by Brian De Palma. Um, oh, nice. I just adore this movie. Uh, it's one of those films that I was... There's a couple of films on this list that I was introduced to by my mum, sometimes at far too young of an age. Uh, and as I've mentioned kind of off air uh, to Tori and to Fred, I was a bit of a wuss when it came to horror, so I wasn't... <laughs> you know, I didn't watch things that were overly gory or terrifying, but something like Carrie... I was able to watch and until the very last scene, not be overly scared by and, and such, because I don't know it just because it wasn't supernatural, it wasn't too bad. And yet I was on board and captivated. And again, 
all the words we've said, I sucked up into the atmosphere of it. I loved the story. Um, as somebody who grew up as a complete outsider, I related to Carrie way more than I perhaps was mentally healthy. Um, so, yeah. I can, <laughs> a, I'm the same way. Yeah. There was a little bit of um, wish fulfillment, perhaps, that was uh, that was in there that was, again, not the best but <laughs> thing for me. But, yeah, I just love And De Palma, like, such a good director. Little Yeah, I was going to say, shout out to, to Brian De Palma, too, man, because he's yeah. just a phenomenal director. Yeah, the fact that he has like an exposition scene where he literally just fast forwards as it plays out is just, I mean, who, who would do that? Who would have the stones to do that? But De Palma does it. And uh, yeah, awesome. Very good movie. Sissy Spacek as well. Named, and Piper Laurie, both great. But again, I could rave about it for ages. It was um, when I it, when I first got the job in that cinema that we were discussing, we had to give our favorite movie to put onto our um, name badge. And Carrie was on my short list of movies. In the end, I went with Terminator 2, but Carrie was definitely almost on there. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so that brings us to people's number sixes. Uh, and we'll go in the same order. So, Tori, what's your number six? The Exorcist 1973. Oh, the original. Okay. That uh, one I saw at a young age, too. <laughs> a very young age, actually. That's not good. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I was hoping you were going to say Exorcist 3, but we'll forgive you. I actually saw The Exorcist 3 for the first time this year, and like I fell in love with it. I was like told not to watch it because it was terrible, and I hate when people do that. But when I saw it, I really loved The Exorcist 3. I think it's a great sequel to The Exorcist, but um, I actually was not allowed to watch The Exorcist until I spent the night at my sister's house, and she was like, don't tell mom, but we're going to watch The Exorcist. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know why, but like I laughed at some parts. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a really bit, screwed yes, up yes. child. <laughs> but like I just, I love the story. It's just so like it's it's truly scary. It's like definitely a scary movie. Um, it didn't scare me, but it like just really kept me engaged. I was just like, it was something like I've never seen. Nothing like. I've never seen anything like it, is what I'm trying to say. It's, um, yeah. oh, very, yeah. It was different <laughs> from what I was watching. Let's just say that. Definitely. If this is about that time that my head spun around 360 degrees <laughs> and I vomited green slime, it was my first keg party, Tori. <laughs> love it. Love it. If nothing else, we got some great parodies off the back of the Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. It's Scary one of those things as well. Too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen like documentaries and stuff about that film, it's fascinating how many people like had heart attacks and stuff in the cinema and had to get yeah. treatment during I the, know, the right? There's like some stuff yeah. on YouTube, uh, like some footage of people just coming out of it and just talking about it. It's pretty crazy. People fainting. Mm. I think part of that is the subliminal images because that does kind of get you. But yeah, so it's, it's the, 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 the song is so good. I absolutely love the score, that. the tubular bells. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, man. The iconic image of the, the 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 priest dude like pulling up mm. the house. So so good. I love that movie, Tori. Yeah. So Fair enough. It's very atmospheric too. Especially that part with the fog and he's just standing there. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend just always mess around like just with each other, like like if you don't stop Captain Howdy's gonna get you. That's mean. It's so good. Well, that got 15 points anyway. Not that we're going to struggle anyway, like I said, to make a list, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, but what was your uh, Fred number, where are we? Six. Six. 
Um, all right, I'm not sure if anybody's heard of this one. It's called Pawnee Pool. Oh, I love that. Oh. 2008. Amazing oh, okay. film. Yeah, that is really, oh, really good take on like zombies and like infection and stuff like that. Very unique how like how the virus is spread through alphabet like words. But if people aren't familiar, it's just about this disc jockey. He's just doing his job one morning, and just reports are being set, uh, called in about like this virus turning people mad and all this stuff. And it's just the way we find out exactly what this virus is and how it's spread is what makes this movie so unique. Okay, I, I'm the only one that hasn't seen it again, obviously. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> so like... great, cool, it's so cool. good, man. Okay, cool. Uh, what a weird title, Pontypool or something? Did you say? Or... Yeah, Pontypool. Oh, which I believe it, it takes place in Canada somewhere. So ah, it could be okay. it could be a, a Canadian city for all I know. Yeah, that's cool. I, it sounds it, like I a... didn't. Yeah. I didn't watch it for the longest time because I thought it was some kind of low budget Welsh flick. And I was just going <laughs> to say it sounds incredibly Welsh, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, I randomly just stumbled across it and then like just was so hooked um, from like the opening where you just have like this visual radio waves of somebody talking, like you know, like the the audio frequencies of going up and down of somebody just talking and then you just little by little you start being pulled into this story about this small little town and people are just starting to act very weird and as to why they're acting weird cool i like anything like that. anything like the birds or zombie outbreaks and stuff so another one from yeah. the list which is now growing all the more so <laughs> um dk then what is your number six movie okay buckle in i mean there's a lot of people gonna hate me for this considering is it how the duck <laughs> no, we've had that one already. <laughs> it's Birdemic. No, it's not Birdemic. Uh, right, it's Halloween three. <gasps> I would, I would. Yeah, I almost you. put that. On. I almost yep. put that on. The I list. almost put that as well. I but love BBC, that movie. It's awesome. BBC used to show an edited version late at night every couple of years, and it just wormed its way into my heart. Connell Cochran's plan for vengeance was batshit crazy. But damn it, if Dan O'Hurley didn't make it one of his career best performances. I mean, couple that with Tom Atkins, his horn dog best. <laughs> <laughs> Script by Tommy Lee Wallace, Carpenter, and Nigel Neal. It's crazy. It's fun. I mean, it's got some shocking scenes, that misfire. And I defy anyone to not have that silver shamrock jingle burned into the mind seconds Remote after to Halloween, Halloween. Exactly. Our house is a Halloween 3 house, and we watch it every single year without fail. Love it. Any idea? <laughs> sorry, how excited I was when those three masks appeared in Halloween Kills. Even oh, though it's the yes. slightest Easter egg, I was like, "Yay!" <laughs> a call back to Halloween Three. <laughs> that was one of the things I love so much about Halloween Kills. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you. Well, same page story, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Again, yeah. Sorry, interrupted you. What were you going to say about Halloween Three? Said everything I wanted. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, yeah, cool, cool. I've, I've dropped the mic, mate. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you, and uh, it sounds like Tori is as well. So, yeah, um, I, I love Halloween three. We were discussing right. this with with my mum earlier today because I asked her for a list, which I happened to have, and she said, um, "Oh, even though nobody else likes it, I'd put Halloween three on my list." I was like, "It's going through a a complete re reassessment." I would say these days, you'd be surprised how many people fully admit to loving it now. Yeah, so, a lot yeah. of people love it. Awesome. I love Very that. Nice on my list. Like you said, I love that misfire scene, man. Mm. Mm. So yeah, good. Her face, stuff. her face, and how it just looks afterwards, and the bugs. Oh, <laughs> see, I didn't know at the time, but that's uh, that was actually Tom Atkins' wife at the time. Oh, wow, 
So, you know, he she's getting her face blown off and he's having sex with Stacey Nelkin in the next room. <laughs> that's oh, that's so messed up to think about. Yeah, I can't fault that, uh, PK. After you thinking everyone was going to shit on you. Turns yeah. out we all, we all like I'm, it. So, yeah. I'm feeling a bit invasion of body snatchers. It's awesome. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, my number six we've already talked about uh, it is of course wreck uh, which i also love um again it was i was debating so much because i didn't want to put sequels and stuff and i think in the past i may have said that i preferred wreck 2 because of how cool it does the thing where it's uses um sort of body cams to do the found footage thing and how it yeah immediately like full one, circle yeah. yeah full circle ties into the uh the first movie but basically because it can't exist without the first movie, I was like, well, you have to put that first movie. And the ending of the first movie is, is for me, just sublime because it turns it from a zombie movie into something very different and way freakier and scarier. And Yeah, that's yeah. what I enjoy over quarantine. The, like the ending yeah. they imply that's with different. quarantine versus wreck. Mm. I love that, like, like just demon stuff or whatever they're implying. Yeah. Oh, for sure, and the, the the effects on whatever that 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 demon woman thing is just absolutely terrifying. I hated Great that jump scene. scares. Yeah, terrified <laughs> me so bad when I saw Ray. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking it was. I was very close to being terrified, but thankfully I was of an age not to be overly. But still, the couple of the jump scares and things really got me. And uh, yeah, but again, I like all the wreck films. The first two are the ones I would say are great. Three, I love just because it's fun. In that kind of dumb, fun way, you know, like a, people fighting off zombies at a wedding. Four's the weakest, in my opinion, but it's still fine. Um, so, yeah. Wreck the is my the first two, yeah. Ah, okay. I, I definitely recommend seeing Wreck 3 Genesis at the very least, because, like I said, it's just fun. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. But, yeah, I love Wreck. I love, like I said, to, uh, we've already touched on it, but I love what it does with found footage. I love that it starts off seeming like a boring Spanish news report, and then shit hits the fan <laughs> and uh yeah cool it's very well done zombie movie and uh at the end even creepier demon movie so that's uh, my number six so then tori we're back to you what's your number five movie um i don't know how anybody would feel about this i know this is like hit or miss with a lot of horror fans but hostel 2006 okay Hmm. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it, but I think I just gradually went off it for some reason. Yeah, no, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm more of a fan of Hostel 2, actually. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I kind of like the second one a little bit more, but that first one just so intense. Oh, it's so good. And, like, I think I saw it for the first time last year, and I think what got me into it is I listened to Ice Nine Kills, and they did a song about Hostel, and I was like, I've never seen this movie. I've been meaning to watch it. And then I watch it, and it's, like, really different. You know, you have, like these guys who are backpacking through Europe and they decide to go to, what is it? Bratislava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, don't go there because you're going to be tortured. And I think <laughs> it was um, loosely based on, you know, something that actually goes on in Thailand, but like, I'm not mm, sure. I heard that. Um, yeah. It's just like really realistic and gory and that whole scene with like, the eye, I don't know, like if you guys have seen that with the, you know, the eye hanging out and he has to cut it. Oh my god! Yeah, I got some scene as it's called. Yeah, it's like this is yeah. incredible. Definitely my top favorites. I love that movie. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, again. I, I remember watching it and liking it the first time, but then I gradually just kind of went off torture porn, I suppose you'd call it, and it yeah, dropped a little bit in my estimation. But 
yeah, the eyegasm scene as well, I couldn't watch more than once because it, yeah, so realistic and disturbing and bizarre. <laughs> so, yeah. awesome. The ending kind of gets yeah, I guess it's it's surprisingly yeah dank and uh, but again I kind of I sometimes like that in horror movies but yeah definitely um, I don't have any of Eli Roth's movies the director um, on my list but if I was gonna it would probably be Cabin Fever over Hostel um, but yeah that's another one I forgot to put on my list oh never <laughs> I debated back and forth and again it would probably be in in my top thirty if I was to make one but yeah I love um, the cop in that movie oh definitely. <laughs> But avoid all the, the party guys. <laughs> <laughs> parties we're gonna have. <laughs> that movie is That's so weird, me. man. I love the ending though. That is such a good ending. The ending reminds me almost of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, it does. It's when they're piling up the bodies and burning them, like that they're... one dude's like, "I made it. I fucking made." <laughs> anyway, Fred, what was your number five movie then? All right. Um, this is a like found footage mockumentary movie called savage land i'm not sure if anybody's familiar with it never I, heard of it sorry i i watched it a couple of weeks ago and, and it just it i didn't click it didn't click with me at all oh really? Uh, okay. yeah i don't know why it was i think it's just the mood i was in and okay. right. so what's, uh, what's it about then um um it's it? basically um about this like zombie invasion but the way it's told is what i really enjoyed it's a mockumentary and it's told through like form of interviews and pictures because the one survivor is currently like locked up and he's being he's being hold for possibly murdering this entire town that just got wiped out overnight but we find out through pictures that it could have been something else and he was taking pictures throughout the whole night and it's i mean you find out it's like a zombie invasion but the way it's told it's just very eerie you have all these like stills of like what appears to be like human shaped people but then like the faces are so blurry because he was running but you're not mm. sure if it's actual humans or if it's something else it's just like, and it's just like a story of like this guy's adventure from like when the first incident happened all the way to when he finally made it out of town awesome that sounds really good i'm sensing a theme in a lot of your picks that you enjoy zombie movies found footage and invasions of <laughs> places well found footage is definitely one of my if not my favorite genre for sure I didn't awesome. want to put too, I didn't want to put too many found footage movies. So I just tried to put a couple. No, that's I yeah, that's obviously why you've seen Host though as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I loved Host for sure. Cool. And then yeah, he, that the, film sounds good. Uh, the guy that made Host came out with a new one too called Dashcam, which was, which is an absolutely wild movie. Okay, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I've been awesome. to see that one too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a, it's all like told in this, uh, a format of a live stream. Like oh, you're like nice. a, yeah you're like totally you're watching like a twitch stream and it just yeah. it just gets so wild oh, i love anything like that any what they got screen life movie it's technically not yeah they're, they're, it's just, yeah yeah subgenres of found yeah. footage screen life yeah i think like that's why i love that movie spree oh that's one i need to watch no never heard of it but yeah that was, that was it but awesome. yeah, that, uh, that, that still that he took where the kids at the railings yeah, that was like one of the last oh, ones. Yeah, that was unsettling. Yeah, it was. Especially when you find out like he was like he was like friends with the kids and his whole mission was trying to get to that kid and make sure that the family was okay and the kid was okay. So yeah, we're up to your number five then, Dickie. What's yours? Uh I'm gonna go with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh nice. nice. 
Well, you know it was on my top 20, so I can't fault yeah. you for that. <laughs> I mean, technically, I think the third entry is the better one, and it was a close thing between right. that and this, but I've got to give it to this one. Not only is it one of my most rewatched, but technically it's my first, the first horror movie I watched. After uh, inadvertently walking into the living room and being traumatised by my parents watching American Werewolf <laughs> at an early age, uh, <laughs> it took me a little while to come around to the genre. Uh, but when I did, it was because of this movie. My parents had loaned it from the video store on Betamax, no less. Ask your kids, uh, ask your parents' kids. Uh, I snuck downstairs early one morning while they were asleep to watch, and my life was changed. And, you know, you've got to give Robert England props for making a damn child killer so marketable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's why I think I like the first one more than the sequels, because for me, he got a little bit too stand-up comedian by the, the sort of fifth and sixth movies, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But uh, I see what you mean. Three is, is very good. It's a close second, I think. But um, I think the first one just does much cooler stuff. Awesome. Yeah, well, you know I like it. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Uh, where was I? So that would be where up to my number five. Uh, my number five is The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, which oh, I right on. Just Very good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love how, again, it's it's meta humor and it kind of, it kind of encompasses a lot of other sort of films and genres that I like all at once. Again, it's going to be kind of impossible to talk too much about it without spoilers, but it's just so clever. I, I'm always a sucker for anything like that. And then all of the random Easter eggs and cameos and the fact that you can pause and spot various different things and see how they line up with things mentioned in previous scenes. And it's just, it's a love letter to horror in a cool way. And it also still has a couple of just brilliant jump scares or shock moments or the moment when Chris Hemsworth thinks he's going to escape. It's just dude, the that greatest. Has, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, dude. Yeah. It that was, was so good. messed up the first time I watched it. I, I think I was just jaw-dropped. I couldn't – like, I just couldn't believe that they did that. I was like, what? I Dang. think that was the same. I just genuinely didn't know whether to scream or laugh, and in the end, I think they just <laughs> burst out laughing, just like, what just happened? <laughs> but, yeah. So was, messed up. It's so good. And again, a brilliant cast, obviously. Uh, yeah. I just love that movie. I think it's really, really good and uh, very rewatchable as well, I think. so. And again, the ending just, you, again, not without wanting to give, to give too much away, I'm a sucker for kind of endings that aren't just bright, happy, everybody's fine. And yeah, no, I agree. It's very yeah. like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> so, awesome. Cool. Uh, so we're back to you, Tori, again. And what is your number four movie as we rapidly approach the number ones? <laughs> And this one, I believe, uh, one of you guys mentioned on your list, uh, Scream 1996. It's oh, yes. Yeah. So good. Um, it's the second horror film I ever watched. I watched Night of the Living Dead first, but this is the film that really, really, really got me into horror. It was, like, my fir- really my first, like, entry into loving the genre. Awesome. That's good. And it, it got me, like, I need to see Halloween. Like, I saw, like you know, all the horror movie references. I was like, okay, I need to see this. I need to see that. It just started the whole horror craze. You should know that Jason's mother was the original killer. (laughs) Jason didn't show up to the sequel. Yes. I was like, wow. I was like, now I need to see the Friday the 13th. (laughs) So, yeah, it's weird that we both have that as our sort of big entryway into horror since it's it's almost reliant on knowing horror for the tropes, but we both appreciate it anyway. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Awesome. 
such a good cast and everything. So what is your number four then, Fred? All right. Um, I believe this was already brought up, The Shining. Yes, that was on my list as well. Yeah, it was my number I, 15. Yeah, I, okay. I, this, is just, this is such a great movie, I think. Just from the opening uh, scene, you have that song, you have that really great shot of zooming into the car, and it's just kind of setting the mood for how the movie's going to be. Their trip to the freaking overlook hotel or whatever just i thought it, i i saw this i saw bits and parts as a kid and it freaked me out but the one part that confused me was the part where you see like the the, the guy in the bear suit or the pig suit. oh yeah, the, the dog. Dog. yeah i don't know why that always just like as a kid that was just so bizarre yeah. something that was just so like what my, my mind couldn't wrap around like what you know it was just so like i just couldn't get over it and then i finally saw it, an adult and just like appreciate this movie a lot more. I just absolutely love that movie. Everything about cool. it. Jack Nicholson. One of the scariest parts is just freaking the way or the the descent the into his just madness and then just going. Yeah. Like when he's holding his son and he's just like, "I'll never hurt you. You know that." I'm With not the, gonna hurt you. you. I won't hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your fucking brains in. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, I love it. I'm gonna bash yeah. him right the fuck in. I love it. Yeah, and you plus he Cooper's like traumatized. Freaking, what's her name? Oh, I know that is yeah. so, so bad. Yeah. I just found That's out. That's like about one that. thing about I feel bad about liking this movie because he was just. Like, I mean, such an yeah. ass. I don't know. There's a lot of separating art from artist because apparently Hitchcock was very similar uh, in treating his actresses in the movies, but really. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Tippy Hedren um, was treated abysmally. Yeah, so I've I heard. I heard a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, undeniably great art. But I'm certainly not endorsing the actions to get there. But no, I'm pleased that you mentioned um, in terms of because I always forget to say about that that it was kind of weirdly revolutionary that it does that complete one shot as it follows the tricycle through all the whole yeah the, it's the hotel it's such it's so long too it's just yeah. and you just hear the sound design on that one the whole thing is so good it's it's going from like the rug to like the hardwood floor the rug the hardwood floor and it's just following him on like on a dolly or whatever it's oh, everything yeah. and it's uh, it's another one of those films where everything surrounding the film is almost as fascinating so again there's everything from the moon landing conspiracy based on this movie yeah it's supposed um, to be yeah. that he directed that moon landing right yeah, because there's a scene where um, young Danny wears a t-shirt with, or uh, sorry, a jumper with Apollo 11 rocket on it. And people are like, oh, it's Kubrick telling us he directed the movie. He didn't. People they went to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the making of the behind the scenes, um, I think Vivian Kubrick filmed a lot of that stuff, his daughter. Uh, and it tends mm. to be on the sort of releases of uh, the home videos, and it's very good. And uh, yes, uh, this is the standard mention if anybody's wanting it. Yes, I know it also appears in Ready Player One. Not the book, but it's in the film which was kind of weird. Um, but ultimately, I have to say, the greatest takeoff of The Shining still remains The Shining <laughs> from The <Yes>. Simpsons. <laughs> Absolutely, untouchably brilliant. <laughs> Do you like it, Marge? I think I'll call it No TV and No Beer Make Homer Something Something. Go crazy? <laughs> Don't mind if I do! <laughs> Tell you what, Smith, as we come back and everyone's dead, I owe you a cook. <laughs> It's just so good. <laughs> you mean the shining? Shh, do you want to get sued? <laughs> yeah, the shining. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, we've talked a lot about that, but it's a good movie. Like I said, it was perhaps a bit low down on my list, but I was just pleased to, to have it in there. And yeah. again, watch Doctor Sleep if you have. Uh, so that is your number four. TK, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is the original Fright Night. 
Oh, come up as well before. So yeah, I've, I grew up with this. It's a comfort movie for me. No matter what's going on, always makes me feel better. And presence of Roddy McDowell's Peter Vincent makes it doubly comforting. I just love that guy. So to me, it's icing on the cake. Chris Sarandon's fantastic. Uh, I was given the special edition Blu-ray last Christmas, and we've got a thing in our house where any movies bought over the holidays, the names dropped into a hat, and we pull out the random movie, and everyone's got to watch. No exceptions, no complaining. I was thrilled when Friday Night was drawn. I loved movie night that day. Rest of the family... Not so much. <laughs> uh, I've got so many I've, films I'm going to send you next, <laughs> yeah, on the next holiday. I, uh, <laughs> I much prefer it to the remake. I didn't hate the remake, but it just doesn't come close to this one, in my opinion. Technically, it's not perfect, and you can see at some points it's held together with some rather shoddy glue, but I just love it. It's it's home to me. Yeah. Cool. I can. I definitely get how you feel there. Yeah. I just watched the remake recently, too. And it was okay, I guess, but Ultimately, yeah, Fright Night's just so much. It's, it's great. Yeah, that was a, a good number four, Fright Night, because uh, you, again, you had that in common with um, with Tory. So that places it on 25 points and probably a strong contender to make the top 10 list. Uh, my number four is a Japanese horror film, uh, which you'll all be familiar with, I'm sure, called Juon the Grudge, which yeah. I love so much. It was it was oh. remade um, in the West. I've only seen the remake. Same here. I I, I've been meaning to see the other. The yeah, remake same. is so neutered and so bloody. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's doubly frustrating because anybody who knows me knows that I I would crawl over broken glass for Sarah Michelle Geller most of the time, but <laughs> yeah, just no, <laughs> no. It's so it's I just I can't get over how the original. Again, I don't I don't want to spoil too much, but the original has so much creepier, so much more inventive with its hauntings and stuff atmosphere is truly scary it's very much like a ghost story um and yeah they take all of that out of the remake in favor of you know kitchen sink drama and jump scares um, <laughs> but yeah not a fan of the remake as such but yeah the original one of the first kind of foreign horror movies i've ever seen and just truly loved um the the villain in it uh, kayako is just terrifying very well played and again as you mentioned earlier like sound design the fact that as she haunts you, she basically makes this kind of uh, sound of like, I can't do it. But, <laughs> she's got like a broken neck. So it's kind of like, uh, and you hear that and you're terrified. Or the, um, the fact that the little boy and the cat were both kind of murdered together. They were drowned together. So the little boy opens his mouth and a cat's meow comes out of it. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, watch that. Don't watch the remake. And I will say, Jew on the Grudge 2 is a complete head trip but it's another very good movie uh the japanese sequel so if you get a chance watch that as well um all right yeah i would check out the originals for sure yeah definitely yeah i love japanese horror so yeah uh, that was my number four then juon uh so we're on to number threes number three then tori if you don't mind uh this was uh on somebody else's list i forget who but halloween 3 1983. oh yes. well, no, that was DK's list. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I just, I, I love it. It just encompasses the spirit of Halloween, the feeling of Halloween when you watch it. It just gets you into the Halloween spirit. Yeah, Halloween 3, very good movie. Uh, so that would give it, what, like 18 points if it's your number three? <laughs> so you clearly really love it. So, yeah, a little bit. Well, oh, why I do love you love it. the movie then, Tori? Um, 
I love I just love the atmosphere. I love how creative and different it is. It's really an original idea for a story. Like you have hmm. these Halloween masks that, you know, you put them on and you like look at the TV when the commercial comes on and it like it's something to do with like Stonehenge or something. They have like a little piece of like Stonehenge yeah, it fragment. It's and, a little like, Sawin um, pagan ritual kind of connection to Halloween, isn't it? So yeah. Exactly. And I'm actually a Wiccan, so like it, it wow. really resonates. I was like, this is really cool, like how they went about this. And I just, I love it. I love how they brought like, you know, sci-fi and witchcraft into it. It's pr really cool. Yeah, it does better than Halloween 6 when it attempts to do that. But uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me a second. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Look at the TV, DK. <laughs> yeah, that's probably as much as I'll get away with for copyright. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's that's a good movie. I, th I think I'm pleased that it's coming. Uh, like I said, having a bit of a reappraisal and people are realizing it's not bad at all. I think it was just that audiences at the time really were just like, where's Michael Myers? <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, yeah and I always explain to people it was originally supposed to be like an anthology film series. Mm -hmm. He was going to do something different. And I guess like yeah, people yeah. were just mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then it just became Return of Michael Myers. And that was, you know, <laughs> where yeah. they went, but, you know. Exactly. Cool. Uh, so we're on number three, aren't we? So yeah, what's your uh, number three, Fred? All right, my number three is gonna be Silence of the Lambs. I've oh, never seen see, you're with me. It is a horror movie. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is one of those where it kind of goes between: is it a horror movie or not? I will consider it a horror movie for sure. I definitely just, would. Yeah, yeah, just everything about this movie is—it's so elegant. Is what, like a good way to put it for a good portion of when Hannibal Lecter's on there, and then. When you start getting towards the Buffalo Bill stuff, it just it goes back and forth between like elegant and just fucking weird and just raunchy and just I don't know all that stuff where like in his basement when he's keeping Richie. the girl, it's just oh, it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> you know, it gets you know it's, it's fun to laugh about. Like the first time I ever saw that was just so freaking weird. When he kidnaps the girls, like one of the scariest parts in my opinion, because he's like pretending. Yeah, would you fuck me? No, <laughs> I'd, I'd fuck me. I'd fuck not me hard. Might, but you know. <laughs> sorry, I could not. Resist. No, you're good. Sorry, you're good. Well, like, when, yeah, rough, even when he when he kidnaps the girl the first time, he's like pretending to be handicapped, like his arm's broken, and he needs help mm. moving the furniture. And she's like, "Okay, I'll come help you." And then he just freaking bashes her head in and just throws her in the van. Just kidding. I'm just like, "Oh man, this is fucking intense." And on top of that, Hannibal Lecter just. One of the best villains out there. One of the most, just I don't know, recognizable faces in horror too. I still think Brian Cox's version from Manhunter is underrated. I need to. That's the only one I haven't seen. Ah, Manhunter, amazing film. It's so good. Did you, I just did you like really the TV week. show? Uh, no, I didn't ever see the TV show. No, oh, I've not seen it. It's great. I absolutely good, love good it. Really good. Okay. Really good. Mads Mikkelsen is probably my favorite Hannibal Lecter, to be honest. He's a great actor. I can kind of see that, yeah. No, yeah, he he just does a really great role in that. Awesome. That's cool. I have a really funny story, which, again, sorry if you already know this, but I always found it amusing. Um, I don't know if anybody here watches Family Guy, but um, I don't know if you're aware that Seth Green, when he was asked to voice uh, Chris, was really struggling to find a voice for Chris. 
And then when he was talking to Seth MacFarlane one day, he did his impression of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. And really? Seth MacFarlane was like, that's the Chris voice right there. No <laughs> way. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah, Chris from Family Guy is based on Buffalo Bill. It's Seth Green's impression, which is why that's he kind of talks all like that, you know. <laughs> One little fact to know. Yeah. So, yeah, but cool. Awesome. Um, so we're on number three, aren't we? And I've got so many numbers in my head. I'm sorry. GK, what's your number three movie? Okay, number three for me is Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know just about everyone seems to prefer Dawn, but while I do agree it's a top movie, I've got to include Day over that because to me it's Romero's masterpiece. I know it's not how he wanted it to go and a lot of compromises had to be made, but there's not a single frame of this movie I don't love. From that opening scene to the room, uh, in that room with the calendar, it just grips you and does not let go. Uh first saw this one was about 11 or 12, watched it with friends who managed to hire a copy while their parents were away. We all sat and watched while eating fries covered in ketchup. Uh, <laughs> while, I thought, while I thought the concept of zombies cool, I'd never seen a zombie movie until this one. And I just love everything about it. The soundtrack by John Harrison, which shouldn't work because of the you know flavour of the melodies, does. I mean, soundtrack for this was my holy grail back during high school, but it had been discontinued on vinyl. This was actually before CDs. Uh, it's claustrophobic, gory, plays on the worst aspects of humanity, and yet has an, has an actual zombie, Bub, extolling the best of humanity. I don't mm. think another zombie flick comes close for me. It's pure class. Bub is okay. the hero we needed. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've heard that, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm very much of the camp that I think it's my least favorite from Harris movies, but that's just because I don't think I was ready for the, the tonal kind of change and everything of it. But I get what you're saying. It is still satirically, like, yeah, making fun of that. But Okay. Um, awesome. So we're on to number two uh, then, and we'll go to you, Tori. What's your number two? My number two would have to be the original Candyman. Ooh, Tony Todd for the win. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And... Uh, what do you like about Candyman? Not that I, not that we don't know because <laughs> <laughs> I love Tony Todd's performance. It's just all out of the water, just amazing. I love like how it kind of plays on the Bloody Mary urban mm. legend a little bit, and I love you know Clive Barker's story. So this is one of my favorites, and it's just like really scary, like the situation that Helen is in, like you know she's all these people are being murdered around her and they, they think she's doing it, even though it's actually Candyman. It's, oh, yeah. it's the so good. The score is so good in that movie, too. Oh, mm. that was my ringtone for a long time. Opening shot is great, too. Just, oh, man. Candyman's fun. Remind me, what film was that, Tori? Sorry, because I'm writing these down. Uh, Candyman. Sorry, original. I didn't hear you there. What was that? Candyman. Sorry? <laughs> Can't, oh my god, no! <laughs> How did I not catch that? And, you know, my brother, that was good. My brother used to scare me. He used to like lock me in a room with a mirror and be like saying it five. I'm like, just let me out. I would like crawl under the bed. I would be so scared. <laughs> that was my full on going Beetlejuice moment there. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was good. That was a good one. <laughs> Almost oh, walked I, right I, into I, that one. I feel real bad <laughs> tricking you with it, but at the same time, amusing, you know. But yeah, Candyman, great movie. And that's uh, Virginia Madsen as well, isn't it, in that movie? Yeah. 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 So good in that, yeah. I even like the sequels. Farewell to the Fleshes, again, very underrated. Underrated, yep. Agreed. 
the third one, I don't know, but the second one. Yeah. I've never seen the sequels. Yeah, I think the second one's worth checking out. Yeah. I love the new one too. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, I I haven't seen that yet. It's so good. It's like like a kind of acts as a direct sequel to the original. Oh, okay. I did it did seem that way from the trailer and I was keen to see it and then it was I think it came to our local cinema for like a week and a half and then it wasn't on anymore, so never got a chance to to get around to watching it, but we'll do one day. <laughs> Especially probably before um the Marvels, because that's near DaCosta, isn't it? The same director, so yeah, more sense that way. Uh, we haven't done our number <laughs> threes, have we? Or did I not give my number three? <laughs> did you? I didn't, did I? <laughs> didn't you? I don't remember. I don't remember um, either. What, I, I what was your number three? My number three was Scream. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, we, we, we didn't do that. Right, Sorry. I skipped straight from DK. Sorry about that, dude. But yeah, I'll uh, just get this. No, good. So yeah, my number three, uh, which would be 18 points for me, was Scream, the original. For all the reasons that I mentioned already when we were talking about it when it was on Tory's list, basically. <laughs> yeah, same. It was a, the film that got me obsessed with horror and loving it like any other genre. I loved all the references, loved the acting in it. And again, Wes Craven, such a good director. Um, you know, the, the cool little touch like him appearing in the original Freddy Krueger outfit as the school yeah. janitor. <laughs> little moments like that and the fonts going uncredited so that you can get a nice surprise when he appears in the movie. <laughs> cool. And again, soundtrack, very good. So yeah, uh, I'll move on from that. But yeah, Scream was my number three. Apologies, we skipped over it to get to Tori's two, but I will get to my two. I love in the, the right soundtrack place. in Scream. Yeah, I, I do want to say that the, the music choices, as a, there's like that one thing when everybody's closing up mm-hmm. and locking it's up. Red and, right hand, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Nick yeah. Cave. And then like the song comes in. It's just, it's so good, man. That Scream did a really good job with their music for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. and I should say as well that um, I think Scream is one of very few franchises that I don't think has put out an actual bad movie. There is a worst one three but i don't think any of them are bad <laughs> i could agree with that <laughs> i agree yeah. too awesome cool uh right so sorry fred i interrupted you there what was your number two <laughs> no you're fine all right so number two is gonna be killer clowns from outer space man oh dk i love you as well i remember i saw this as a kid and just was confused i was like what is this because i wasn't too into horror <laughs> and then there was like a scene where he was doing the puppet thing and he's like yeah, doing he's... the shadow puppets and he eats them. And I think I, I just changed the channel after that. I was kind of like freaked out. I was like, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it later on in life. And like when I was watching it later in life, you ever like watch something and all of a sudden you have like this random memory kick in yes. of like being young. And I just remembered like that happening. I'm like, oh, I remember this freaking movie when I was a kid. And I never watched it. And it just, it's such a fun movie. I can watch it multiple times every year. Like it's not an issue. So much fun. That's like the best way I could do it. Just so cheesy, just straight up 80s cheese, campy. I mean, the movie's about killer clowns from outer space. Like, that's all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's Absolutely. one of my favorite, if not my one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, TK, what's your number two film then? Right, number two, many will consider this sci fi, but to me, this is horror. And I'm going to go with Ridley Scott's Alien. Nice. So that you picked that, as you'll see in a minute. But yeah, why, why would you pick the inferior Alien movie? <laughs> oh man, that's Dude. fighting <laughs> uh, It's got some wicked jump scares, some genuinely unsettling scenes. I mean, I would love to have seen, been in a cinema when this was released and see people's reactions to the chest burster. It's yeah, got some true. such a feeling of tension throughout. The sequence where they're trying to escape aboard the Narcissus is edge of your seat stuff every time, and you still root for some of the others to make it, even though you know it's not going to happen. Mm. It's been imitated 
ad infinitum since its release, but nothing comes close to the sheer terror for me that this one evokes. And as an aside, if you're an Alien fan and you haven't played it, I recommend playing Alien Isolation. I played it only a year ago, and if you were ever in doubt that the premise is one of horror, that will relieve you of said doubts. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard about um, the game being pretty pretty good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're definitely horror. I mean, they're sci-fi horror, but they're still horror. I like Alien. I just think it's the, the inferior movie uh, uh, to my number two, weirdly enough, uh, which is Aliens, the better oh, film. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a weird bit of unplanned symmetry, actually. But yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I, I class these films, all the Alien films, as horror as much as they are sci-fi, because they're about monsters and they're scary and, and you know, killings and grossness and such. But I'm, I'm, you know, I, I will always go to bat for James Cameron. I am the absolute uh, James Cameron stand. The Terminator movies, Aliens, even Avatar, Titanic, Piranha 2. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, I love Aliens. I think the fact that it it takes what the first movie tried to do and ramps it up to 11. It's a war movie. It's a personal thing. It it deals with metaphors of everything from the military complex to motherhood. Uh, it invented the alien queen, which the first yeah. movie was you know, completely do without. Like the first scene had a cutscene where the victims were going to be seen mutating into the alien eggs which I'm so glad it didn't do that because then we wouldn't have an alien queen and that's stupid. Uh, but yeah, and I just think every scene is iconic and really cool. It's brilliant direction. It's Sigourney Weaver's finest hour in the franchise, which probably isn't saying much. Um, and yeah, maybe it's not quite as haunted house or tense at times, but I think there are some key moments, particularly being locked in with the face and stuff. But yeah, I would rave for hours about this film if I could. My number two was definitely Aliens. So yeah. DK, this is your chance to answer back. I have no interest in your opinion. <laughs> you have no interest. How very day. <laughs> what, did everybody just become really stupid while I was away? Like <laughs> you sharply dropped? What's going on? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so that takes us to our number ones then, which is a pretty big moment. Um, so for the, for the full 20 points, your... Greatest horror movie of all time. What is your number one? Tori, we'll come to you first. Halloween 2, 1981. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that is... How you guys would feel about that. Okay. Halloween 2 particularly is a very specific choice. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I love the, the you know, the hospital atmosphere, you know, that mm. it takes place, like, you know, right when the first one left off, which I thought was pretty cool. And there... The kills in it are just really creative. Michael Myers kills people in very creative ways, in very different ways than just stabbing him with the butcher knife. I thought it was really, really awesome. Um, it has uh, one of my favorite actors in it too, from The Last Starfighter. I know Fred, didn't you re watch that recently? Yeah, I just yeah, I just watched that. That dude is in it. Yeah, he plays the paramedic, and he does such a good job. Um, there's actually an alternate ending where he survived. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, I, in my head, canon, he lives. The ending of that film's weird, though, because you kind of have to disregard it, because doesn't it basically end with Loomis and Maya's, like, finally dead? <laughs> it's just yeah, like, and that's oh, weird, because they kind of bring him back in, like, part four, but, like, you would think he's more burned than he is, because, yeah, like, only, exactly. like, part of his face is messed up, and he has, like, a limp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so but, it's kind of um, weird. 
Yeah, but I do like Halloween too. It's, it's as you say, it was it was very clever. And I don't know if it was the first time they'd done that, like literally picking up where the first film left off and, and leading into it. But yeah, and I cool. love the music score. Like when he's walking down the hallways, it's that eeriness. Oh, that John Carpenter score from the Halloween movies is just so good. But yeah, so yeah, good. cool. Anything else about uh, Halloween too? Then, um, I will say it's like probably one of my favorite comfort horror movies. I can actually watch it at any time and not get bored with it. I actually had really bad anxiety the other night and put that on, and like I was just like <laughs> calm. <laughs> and you were like, ah, somebody almost blowing up a fire gas leak. Nice and calm. Very much. It's like Have zip, you ever done? Um... Absolutely. Have you ever done that cool thing where you watch literally one and two back to back as if it was like one long night? Oh yes, <laughs> I love doing that. It's it's so much fun, like watching yeah. it as a double feature. And like I would love to have like a version where like like they're both combined. Yeah, you'd, you'd think cool. somebody would have edited it into something like that by now, because you could even just cut the ending off and not have that like they died, but now they're back somehow. You know, you could edit it into something. But anyway, I'm coming up with random things that will never end. I, I just uh, love the beginning too, with the like when the pumpkin opening and you see like the skull in it. <laughs> I love yeah the the uh, title sequences of all the Halloweens pretty much are good. Imagine that. So out of oh, curiosity, yeah. then why did you pick Halloween two over Halloween one? I'm not sure. I think it's because like all of the different creative kills in it, like the part with the syringe when he. Um, injects like just basically air into her eye and it like some air bubble pops into her eye and it pops into yes. her brain and she like just drops dead i thought very oh, relaxing when you feel like wow. i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like like every, like the whole part where he gets shot in the eyes and like he's just mm -hmm. like blood pooling out of his eyes and he's trying to like hack at laurie still and he can't see but he doesn't care yeah definitely it's, just, so, it's amazing uh, Slight spoiler alert for a like five-year-old movie, but were you uh, annoyed when they retconned the whole uh, her being his sister thing in the new Halloween then in 2018? At first, I was like, that's kind of weird, but then I was like thinking of it more as like an alternate universe type thing. Hmm. Yeah, there's so many branching timelines because like H2O <laughs> keeps that intact and only classes one and two as canon and then 2018 disregards everything except the first movie and yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> It's yeah, I, a franchise I like, of horror, isn't it? <laughs> definitely. Like, I like to think of it as like an alternate universe, so it doesn't like make me too mad. Fair enough. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, yeah. So Halloween two gets the full twenty points, and uh, your number one spot. Fred, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? I'm gonna go with John Carpenter's The Thing. I just, oh wow, okay. You know, I absolutely love this movie. I watched this one just so often and it's one this is one i consider just comfort because a lot of that cinematography cinematography from dean cudney i believe just makes yeah. it so fucking beautiful to look at the story is i know it's a i think it's like a reimagining from the from howard the hawks one or something the thing yeah. from another world yeah that which is like a still off of story a lovecraft story or whatever but i mean oh, I what has what hasn't been said about the thing that i can just not, not say you know well, just you'll find like out. It. You could watch our two-hour-long review of this. Thing. <laughs> I'm gushing. Yeah, there you go. more it's or less. A, I just find it a perfect movie, man. I, I think everything yeah. from like the whole like just uh, paranoia aspect, the freaking creature effects, and everything. The only thing I dislike is when they shoot the dogs, man. 
I, that's oh, like yeah. the one thing I really just hate in that freaking movie. I mean, wouldn't yeah. you if it was one of them? I know. I just hate, that, into I hate that. How about that? I hate that they show that. Like they, they straight up so. show it. Like this, the dog is getting shot. I just I, okay. I just, you know, like I go to doesthedogdie.com before I watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh. <laughs> uh, so but yeah, yeah I, just, um, I mean, the ending to this movie is just perfect, too. You just, you just sit there wondering what's going to happen and what, you know, just them two just sitting there is one of them the thing still. Oh, it's, I don't know. It's just a great movie, I think. I agree. I, mean, always, I love that always movie. always just watch it over and over. It's in my top 50s, for sure. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So that's a re uh, sorry, a sequel to a John Carpenter movie and a remake by John Carpenter. Uh, <laughs> DK, what's your number one film on Gary Olsen? Okay, my number one is The Shining. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, okay. Well, not exactly. No, wow. Yeah, I'm not a fan Get of Kubrick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Kubrick as both a director and a human being. He's never appealed to me. Quite the opposite, in fact. And yet, despite being a diehard King fan, I do side with Kubrick on this one. Shining, it's a thing of beauty from beginning to end. The casting is perfection. Despite the vile way Shelley Duvall was reportedly treated during filming, I mean, kudos to her for putting up with that shit. That sorry episode aside, performances are spot on, the scripting's tight, the cinematography and set design are unforgettable, and the score by Wendy Carlos is as evocative and memorable to me as John Williams' theme from Jaws. I've seen it more times than I can count, but whereas many on this list are no longer scary, Shining repeatedly instills in me a sense of uneasiness. I still find myself urging characters on screen to not do what they're about to and being genuinely unsettled at, at events as they unfold. So, Danny, please stay the hell out of room 237. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm surprised because you didn't mention anything when we had it on our list, but awesome. Ah. Have you, out of curiosity, read the, the book? I have, but it was years ago when I was at school. And it is quite different, yeah. Yeah, I still think the book's better, personally. Not that I dislike the movie. Obviously, it was on my list and everything, but I still think the book is just a next-level experience. Yeah. Again, which is weird, because then I think the exact opposite with Doctor Sleep. The book was terrible and the film was great. So, <laughs> where we go? Um, awesome. Cool. Uh, well, does everyone want to hear my number one? Then I shall we just skip it? Because I think we all know what it's going to be, don't we? <laughs> I know what it's going to be, for sure. <laughs> my number one is John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I adore this movie. I can't explain it. It was, um, even though Scream was the first thing that I thought got me into like horror as a genre, I'd already been watching Halloween from a very young age because my mom was obsessed with it. She used to watch it on like video and DVD. That's awesome. Um, here in the UK, it's on almost every Halloween night because somebody at the BBC just thinks Halloween, that'll do. It's <laughs> <laughs> some genius scheduler. It's just like, well, yeah, it's Halloween. Let's put Halloween on. So I'd watched it so many times on like TV and stuff. And I think I got away with it because it isn't really like gory or like it's it's kind of a disservice to say it's not scary because it is. But I think it's more atmospheric than that. And again, it just in terms of what you were. Yeah, sure. But in terms of what you were saying about like comfort blanket movies, there's something about the atmosphere that like it, as soon as it gets to Halloween, I just kind of put the heating on, get grab a cup of like warm tea or something, snuggle up with a, a dressing gown and watch Halloween in the dark. And it's just it is like the autumn season for me, personified, and it's comfy, it's cozy. I know every word, I think. 
again, the direction by Carpenter, I think for me, has never been bettered. The sort of keeping things just off frame and then leaving empty space and having Michael even pop out unknown to the characters, but seen by the audience and stuff. Um, again, as you mentioned, John Carpenter's theme is just amazing. The opening credits, the way that sets the tone. And again, I'd be here for all day if I start raving about everything I love. But yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, without a doubt, the original Halloween. So yeah, yeah a lot of John Carpenter movies turning up in these lists, as it turns out. But we'll see what the final list looks like. Speaking of which, we've all given our um, top 20s and stuff, but I do have to go off and do some maths as quickly as I can here uh, to try and establish a list. And then I'll discuss it when we get back and uh, read it all out. But DK, in the meantime, you have our audience interaction section, yes? Yeah, I do. We asked uh, people on Twitter, on social media, what their, what their favourite horror movies were. And we had quite a few responses on this. Uh, going over to Twitter, Mangler at Mangler one one two, lists the Thing, Evil Dead, Jaws, Wreck, The Omen, The Exorcist, uh, the seventy eight Dawn of the Dead, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, although he doesn't, you know, clarify which one, Alien, one called Fraley that I'm not aware of. If if anybody knows what that is, yeah, Frailty. It could, it could well be. He could have just done a typo. So it has Bill Paxton in it and Matthew McConaughey. That's the one he's doing. It's really good. That's such a good movie. Oh, all right. And The Mothman Prophecies. Well, another good one. Yeah. Now, Adrienne, who appears on our other podcast, the Star Trek one usually, uh, she's listed Ghost Story, and she's given the... Uh, the explanation is read the book, wanted to watch the movie, liked it a lot. Most folks don't. So uh, she's also listed Prince of Darkness. Uh, a friend loaned me the VHS. I was alone at night. Lordy. Can't, can't fault her for that one. It's a great film. Uh, number three, Serpent in the Rainbow. And Ringu. Uh, and Mike replied to her, well, I've seen one of those. Uh, now, Mario Bowser 494. Says, I can't rank them, but here's my favorites The Shining, uh, Spoorloos, aka The Vanishing, Paddock, Coraline, Psycho, and Shaun of the Dead. Uh, whereas Humanist underscore Sin says, uh, I love them all equally, but here's the ones off the top Exorcist, Saw, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I'm surprised that one in no one's list because that's a really good movie. Uh, Day of the Dead. Evil Dead, both the original and the 2013 remake, The Ring, The Others, Scream, Interview with a Vampire, and Let Me In. Uh, over on Facebook, Stacy Louise Hillhouse says, that's a fantastic horror name, says, I love Exorcist. Beverly Ann Rudd says, in no particular order, Evil Dead, From Dust Till Dawn, Hocus Pocus, The Others, and Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. And Kieran Martin Walker says, for me, it's Night of the Living Dead, Creature from the Black Lagoon, The Wolfman, Evil Dead, Psycho, Halloween 3, oh, another one, Dracula, The Mummy, the 1939 version, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Return of the Living Dead for comedic purposes. And we've got an extra list here, which I assume it's Mike's family, because he's put Mum. Yes, I uh, my mum and my my mum and my little brother. I asked them when oh, I was right. over, uh, over for dinner earlier today. <laughs> okay, so Mike's mum likes Rosemary's Baby, The Omen, Cujo, Christine, 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I'm guessing that's the original, yeah, Mike? No, it's a remake, actually. Oh, oh, oh she's she's actually got taste there. Uh, Carrie, The Amityville Horror, The Birds, Psycho, another Halloween 3, Day of the Triffids, and The Fly, original by the look of things. And Mike's brother likes Wreck, Eden Lake, It Chapter 1, Nightmare on Elm Street, Saw, The Descent, Sinister, The Mist, uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, 30 Days of Night, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead, Freddy vs. Jason, Train to Busan, and the 2004 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, our own Will Templer. He's, uh, he's given us a, a bit of a countdown of his own favourites. There isn't ten, but we, we do have six here. Number six, he's got uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. Uh, number five, he has The Thing. Number four, Jaws. Number three, Halloween 2018. At number two, he's got Aliens, and at number one, Alien. So, yeah, take that, Mike. <laughs> uh, and Theo from the Big Screen Podcast, who you might have uh, you might have heard him on our uh, thing review the other the other week, he's given us his favourite ten. And at number ten, he's got Saw Two. Number nine, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. At number eight, Insidious. At number seven, Wreck. At number six, The Lighthouse, which I've not seen. I'm, I might have to check that one out. Number five, Saw. Number four, Alien. And at number two and three, uh, respectively, he's put the original Halloween. I'm guessing that's the uh, the 70s Carpenter version and The Thing. And uh, number one, he has The Descent. Oh. So, yeah, that's quite a, quite a wide variety of opinions there. How's the mathematics going, Mike? I have a list. <laughs> oh, let me just double check everything because I okay. think yeah, I have a top ten list. Though there are some ties again, as there always are. Yeah. And so, although saying that, there's only actually ties for the the bottom four movies. So basically, it's a joint number ten and then a joint number eight, um, and then the rest are all separated. So uh, yeah, without any further ado, drum roll. <laughs> um, <laughs> Our top 10, then, uh, horror movies, the greatest horror movies of all time, according to our four panel of experts here. Um, at joint number 10 is both Halloween and Halloween 2. <laughs> Which is bizarre coincidences, but again, awesome, why not? Um, at joint number 8 is Silent Hill and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There you go. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, at number 7, with 24 points, is A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Five with 25 points is the original Fright Night. Nice. <laughs> this cool. is going to surprise a few people. Number four with 33 points is Halloween 3, which, <laughs> hey. makes it, which makes it the third Halloween film in our top 10 and many places above one and two, bizarrely. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number three film with an extra one point over that at 34 points is The Thing, the 1982 John Carpenter. Uh, the number two film with 37 points is Scream. Nice. Nice. Uh, and the number one greatest horror movie of all time, according to all four of us, is The Shining with 43 points. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, quite the list we ended up with, and uh, bizarrely, we <laughs> did perfectly end up with ten, and it worked out. So I'm pleased about that. But I think we've named enough that um, again, if you're listening, 
you're going to have a huge watch list now of things to go through because <laughs> part of the joy of it has been discovering some things that we may not have heard of, some things that we've just had to bump up uh, our priority list and stuff. So that's yeah, awesome. I know I've got so, quite a few to uh, to look up now after this. For sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so all that means is to say thank you so much to both of our guests, to Fred and to Tori, for agreeing to join us for this and share your knowledge. Um, well, yeah. I appreciate you having us. Yeah, thank oh, you so yeah. much. Have you enjoyed you yourselves? Yeah, this is uh, my first time ever really doing a podcast. So I was a little nervous, but throughout once oh. we started getting going, I got a little like I it, I eased up a bit. Yeah, I couldn't sense any nerves. So. <laughs> awesome, cool, and uh, yeah, you both know your stuff, obviously. And uh, we talked a lot, so a lot of good horror choices. And uh, did you want to? Uh, we'll start with you again, Tori. Why not? We've been doing that all through. Did you have any sort of um, social medias or any projects you wanted to shout out before we go? Um, yeah, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Purgatory Horror. You can follow me on Instagram with the same handle. I started making TikToks with the same handle, Purgatory Horror. And I'm doing a 61 Days of Halloween event right now on my YouTube channel. I'm kind of behind on videos, but like I'm starting to catch up a little bit. So basically, I'll do a video and an article each week. And that's about it. Awesome. Uh, sweet. And uh, Fred, what about you? Do you have anything you wanted to shout out or any socials where people can find you? Uh, yeah, you can mostly find me on Twitter. I freaking live on there. <laughs> <laughs> at Fred's Corner. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which you can just look it up at Fred, uh, Freddy D, or just review horror movies. I just did all uh, 10 Hellraiser movies. I need to do the new one because it just came out. I just watched it. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Nice. Awesome. And do, do people often come to your place for five nights, Fred? <laughs> as much that as i was, would like to it's been it's been three hours guys that's all i've got right. <laughs> we'll put the links to uh to all your social media and projects oh yeah i'm writing them down as we so. go but definitely they'll be in the descriptions cool. as well so appreciate that uh, yeah awesome. thank you so much and thanks for having no me man thanks for all we, this i really appreciate the opportunity this was so much fun thank you guys for having yeah. us awesome. thank you well, for joining us you both back, so, yeah. definitely <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Uh, yeah, and thanks again, DK, for helping guide the ship, as usual. Or, or sinking and, uh, it, which, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. But uh, No, yeah, you, you were more prepared than me on this one, I definitely think. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and did, uh, did you want to shout out where people can find you and whatnot? Oh, they know by now. It's all in the Thank description. You. Just look at the description. Oh, here are fantastic um, sort of outro. I did used to have a horror blog. I say used to because I don't write on it anymore, but you can find a lot of my old um, reviews and speech about horror uh, at http colon double backslash Thursday the 12th dot blogspot.com. That's Thursday the 1 2 th. Um, myself and my good friend Gary started that and then wrote for ages, and I haven't written on it for about four years. <laughs> but you can still find a lot of cool stuff there. And uh, yeah, let's all just keep enjoying watching movies and having a good old scary time and DK do you have uh, anything you want to say as a quick sign off there was but I forgot what it was happy spookies happy, happy spookies, spookies and uh, yeah remember in the epic words of Arnie we'll be back <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> awesome. There we go. You have been listening to the Silver Screen Podcast, hosted by Michael Wilson and DK. 
Created, produced, and edited by Michael Wilson. Behind the scenes sections and additional material produced by DK. Music by Timeless Journey. More information can be found at soundcloud.com forward slash timeless journey. Follow the podcast on Twitter at podcast underscore screen. On Instagram at Silver Screen Podcast. Or look for the Silver Screen Podcast under Facebook groups. Links to all our social media accounts and more are in this episode's description. This podcast is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Silver Screen, Hit or Miss Star Trek. This has been a Mike's Podcast Production, copyright 2022. Thank you for listening.